This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. I am your host, Trevor Williams, and I am relieved that... Today, not really that today's over, but I was extremely nervous because I was on TV today for our local news station, WJHD, talking about the podcast. It was super fun. I emailed him. I was like, hey, I'd love to come on the show and talk about farmers and consumers and what we're doing. And they're like, yeah. So I went on. That was super fun. If you want to see the clip, go over to our Facebook page, The Farm Traveler. And of course, the, descri- the link for that will be in the description. That was super fun. Super fortunate to go out and do that. Uh, so yeah, that was really cool. So for today's episode, we will be talking about tree nuts, which is something we have not covered before on the show. And so we will be interviewing Alejandra and Mackenzie from Pecan Grove Farms in Texas. So Alejandra is an agronomist and Mackenzie is their marketing intern over at Pecan Grove Farms. So we're going to chat about a lot of things today when it comes to pecans, the start of Pecan Grove Farms the process of growing and grafting the trees and how it sometimes takes seven to 10 years until those trees actually start producing a significant number of pecans, as well as some of the trees actually being over 80 years old, which is wild. We'll also chat about the harvesting process, how they use tractors and these really cool um, devices, not really devices, but this really cool equipment that shakes the trees just enough so the pecans actually fall down. And then also the process of shelling them and selling the pecans and how that works, who they sell it to, how the selling process works and all that jazz. And you will probably be curious, but we are going to settle the age old debate. Is it pecan or is it pecan? Which side are you on? I know there are very passionate people on either side. I feel like my grandparents call it pecans. I call it no No, sorry. I call it pecans. My grandparents call it pecans. Uh, I think you'll find most people, a lot of older people in the South will call them pecans. So if you want to learn more for Pecan Grove Farms, check out the links in the description. They also do farm tours, so check them out if you're in Texas. 
that would be so cool to kind of see what they're doing. Had a lot of fun chatting with Alejandra and Mackenzie. Thanks so much for listening. Really hope you'll enjoy it. And I really hope that you will start saying pecan if you say pecan. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, thanks so much for listening and hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Well, Alejandra and Mackenzie, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. How are you two doing? Doing great. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, excited to chat with you, uh, with both of you. So as I emailed y'all, we actually have not interviewed anybody that grows tree nuts or pecans. And so I think this will be a really cool interview. But before we kind of dive into anything, I've got to ask, can you two settle a debate for me? Is it pecan or pecan? (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not going to get a straight answer from us, but uh, because we're from very different parts of the country. But uh, here in Texas, it's pecan. Uh Uh-huh. And in I'm from Indiana and I'd say I was raised, we still say pecan. And whenever I heard pecan, I was like, where are y'all from? So I, I think, <laughs> yeah, still pecan. <laughs> oh, there we go. We agree on something. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I've got, I'm here in Florida. And so kind of like the, my older relatives will always say pecan. And I'm mm. like, come on, it's pecan. It's <laughs> not pecan. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like that's always something funny that, you know, if you're eating pecan pie or just snacking on pecans. That's something you're always thinking about. It's kind of a good icebreaker, I feel like. Oh yeah, always conversation starter. Yes. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, real quick, kind of give us, um, I guess Alejandra, you can go first and Mackenzie, we'll talk to you. Kind of give us a quick little breakdown of your background and how you started working with Pecan Grove. Great, yeah. So I was actually born and raised in central Mexico in a little town called Querétaro. Um, so I did, you know, my undergrad there, I went to school for agronomical engineering. So I'm an agronomist by, you know, career. Um, and then I also focus very strongly on ag tech, on agricultural technologies in all shapes and forms, um, just through life's coincidences and, and just, you know, one day browsing the internet. Um, I found a job posting for this company that, that was looking actually for a summon intern to do some um, agricultural technology work for them. So uh, I had already graduated and I was just kind of like, you know, this sounds really interesting, but I'm not looking for a you know summer job. So I just reached out, sent out an email and interviewed with the CEO, uh, Pepe. And one thing led to another. I interviewed that day and within the month I was leaving uh, my country and moved all my stuff and myself uh, to Austin, Texas. And I've been here working for Pecan Grove since. Uh, that's, all, that's awesome. That's that's a really big move, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty life-changing for sure, but it's been great. I mean, the opportunities I've gotten since being here, I mean, after, after a couple of years being with PGF, uh, I was able to study my master's here at UT so I've also done that, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty settled. I, I got, you know, a, a life here now. I think of, of uh, this place as my home. So it's been great. Uh, I'm, I've, I've been really, really happy with, with my choice of moving here. Well, good. That's good to hear. How about you, Mackenzie? Yeah, so um, I'm a student as well. I'm still in my undergrad. I'm originally from Indiana, um, and I was born and raised there, and then decided to come to Texas for school. Um, And so I've been in Dallas for about three years now. I'll graduate in December, Um, but I got involved with uh, Pecan Grove Farms. I also just have a heart for agriculture, but 
um, didn't really know it at the time when I was picking my school and picking my major and all that. So I'm a business major, but I knew that I wanted to find some sort of ag business um, internship or opportunity, which was hard to do in Dallas um, of all cities. It's just um, not as ag based. And so not as many opportunities, but so I did some searching and um, I mean, one of the only ones to come up was uh, Congro, which is where our office is. And so um, I just reached out to Pepe, our CEO, and um, he was kind enough to give me an interview and um, kind of created an internship position for me regarding our marketing and sales um, division. And so I've that was back in March. And um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a great experience so far. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I mean, that makes me think of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like when you reach out to somebody, you make that contact, that contact, like if they want, if you, if they want you to work for them, they can usually make a position for you. So that's really cool that you went out and reached out to them and then look where you are now. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. I highly recommend, you know, to anyone who's too passionate about something, but even if they still feel like they lack, you know, experience in that area. Um, I mean, Pepe and many others will see those characteristics and qualities and um, the passion and determination and um, will usually make something happen, like you said. So it's been great. Well, perfect. And so let's talk a little bit more about Pecan Grove Farms. So either of you can kind of tackle this. What's the whole breakdown of Pecan Grove Farms? The history of Pecan Grove Farms was founded back in 2009. Um, Pepe and Lalo, they're our founders and they cross paths Um after working in Mexico together five years prior. And so they both crossed paths again and kind of realized, you know, oh, we we both share this passion for starting a company. And at the time they didn't really, you know, know. Um, but after kicking around some ideas and um, doing some research, they um, both landed on pecan farming. And so um, we were kind of motivated by, you know, the pecan lifestyle and healthy living, but also the commitment to preserving the heritage of um, the Texas pecan farmers. And so three years goes by and they're finally able to purchase our first first orchard in Bastrop, um, which is also includes our nursery there, one of our nurseries. And so, um, yeah, that was basically the founding. And since then, um, we've grown tremendously and have five different orchards total. That's awesome. And and so kind of, or I guess Alejandro, you can um, touch base on this one. Like, what's the process like of growing pecans? Like from starting in the nursery to um, you're collecting them, like how, however often. So what's that whole process look like? Of course. Um, so pecan farming is very, very, um, let's call it uh, demanding, right? So we start our trees in the nursery as seedlings. So we literally plant the little pecan seed. Um, that takes about six months to pop out. Once it's there and it's been on the greenhouse, then we're able to transplant it into a container, you know, and um, those containers are typically what we sell and what we use to plant um, new, new orchards. Mm. So those containers will move just as a seedling, um, to the outside of our nursery within the first year of their lives, and then they'll get grafted. So pecans, due to their nature, you can't really do um, any other method of reproduction to be variety consistent other than grafting them directly into those seedlings. 
right? Like you can't really go and do, uh, you know, those types of graft things where you go and like put the, the soil around like a, a tree branch and then that produces roots and then you go and plant that. The cons are not good for that. So really our only choice is to do um, this type of grafting. So we do budding, which is, you know, we go and take little buds from our grown trees that we know are specific varieties and then we graft them onto the seedlings and then we kind of wait to see if those buds take or not. So once, you know, they do, it'll take about another year of those trees being in our nursery for us to be able to take them out and plant them. So that's already, you know, a couple years in the making. Once they reach that point in their, in their lifespan, we're able to plant them. Container trees are really good for planting because they allow the trees to kind of adapt to their, to their soil where you're planting them and to their environment a little bit easier than bare root trees, because you know, bare root, anything you're transplanting, you know, they kind of get damaged and then it's a little bit more of an adjusting period for them. So that's what we do. We take trees from the nursery and we take them out to farms. And, you know, there's like a whole series of processes that go along with planting a new development orchard, you know, we got to dig the holes and we got to pre-water and, you know, everything is like super GPS grids and everything's leveled. Um, so what we do is we plant them in a very high density to where we don't need to have a lot of land planted to have a big volume of trees. And then what we do is after a few years that they've been planted in this uh, high density, once they're ready, we go in and dig out like every other tree in like a diamond shape or different patterns. And we're able to transplant those uh, into, you know, the rest of the land. Mm. So that's kind of what we've been doing with our development orchards. Now, that being said, most of our farms we've um, purchased with already producing trees. So we develop orchards and we maintain and manage existing orchards. So in our existing orchards, uh, you know, we usually have trees that are at least seven to 10 years old uh, to, to be productive. So again, after I planted those trees, transplanted them, uh, it'll be, you know, anywhere between seven to 10 years for those trees to be able to produce any significant amount of pecans, right? So again, very time consuming, very rest, uh, demanding, you know, lots of resources go into it. Um, but in our orchards, once our trees are in production, you know, it's fairly easy, you know, like any other crop, they're permanent crops on like walnuts or almonds. Like we do not ever, you know, replace our trees. They're always, they're permanent fixings, fixtures to our, <laughs> to our orchards. We have trees that are 80 plus years old in our orchards. Um, so they're there for the long run. Uh, and it's all basically a matter of maintaining them, right? And taking care of them and managing them. Um, our season starts around April. Uh, that's when, you know, the first buds come out and that's when like everything goes. Uh, you know, we'll start uh, sending out um, what we call our bud sprays, you know, preventive uh, fungicide applications, our first foliars, we'll start doing all of that. Uh, sink is very important for pecan trees. Um, so we'll start with our sink applications by around May 15th to May 30th, we start getting, uh, the flowering. So pecan has male and female flowers, you know, and, and during that time, obviously the whole pollination will start, 
by June, we have little flowers, little clusters. You can start seeing the clusters on the trees. And then anytime between like mid-June through probably about beginning of September, it's about water, 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 water to fill out those pecans. So if you don't have enough water in those trees, you're going to have empty shells, mm. which obviously we don't want. And obviously throughout this whole entire process, um, it's a matter of, you know, foliar sprays, uh, soil fertilizers, any fungicides, insecticides. We only apply fungicides and insecticides as needed. We, we have a very strict plan. You know, we have our, our thresholds established when we do and when we're not applying stuff. Uh, we have a dedicated horticulturalist um, that helps our farm managers make those types of decisions, what products they're going to use and all that. And then once uh, September comes, we start kind of like, uh, you know, closing out the season. We turn off that water. Some of our farms, depending on where they are located within Texas or within wherever we have them, will irrigate for a little longer. So we have some farms that are still irrigating right now, which is October time. Um, and then from there, we're just kind of like on hold till harvest, pretty much. So at that point, we start harvesting. I think that's I awesome. covered I, it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that they have to grow for seven to 10 years. I mean, that's a mm -hmm. really long time where you're just really waiting. It really is. And that's one of the premises that Pepe and Lalo, our, our founders, kind of took into consideration um, whenever deciding to start this business. So whenever they're thinking about purchasing a farm, uh, they're not thinking about purchasing a farm that's like highly functional, you know, very mm. modern. We're looking into those farms that kind of like fell through the holes of the generational gap, right? Because, mm. I mean, if you if you plant a, an orchard and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for that orchard <laughs> to grow and be productive and make some money and get some revenue out of it, right? The only thing you see is like a pit of, of money, right? Your, your money's just being drained and you're not really seeing a revenue. So uh, a couple of generations or, or at least one generation does fall in that hole. So at this point, we're buying farms from people whose families are completely uninterested sometimes, right? Not, not all the time, but whose, whose families are not really interested or can't uh, continue, you know, upkeeping those orchards. Uh, and, and we have like all sorts of situations of, on how we find and buy those orchards. But, you know, that's one of the things we do is we're like, you know what, you can't take care of this orchard or you simply don't want to take care of this orchard anymore. <laughs> we can do it for you. So um, it's been a great, great strategy. I mean, we've, we've got all sorts of different types of irrigation systems and types of planting and varieties. And it's just like a whole world of stuff out there that we get. Um, so it's really interesting. It's never boring. Oh, I can imagine. And for those like seven, for those seven to 10 years until those pecan trees are really producing, like, are, are they still producing just a little bit of pecans that y'all maybe harvest? Like what's all going on there? So not really what we've mm. been doing lately. And since we're developing so hard or like so fast and we're pushing them so hard, um, you're really not going to start seeing any significant amount of pecans till like year six or seven. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but what we do is we have, um, what do we call them? Like cover crops, some mm -hmm. cover crops. So we sometimes have planted alfalfa, we've planted Sudan, we've planted like a couple other 
things that we can bail and sell in the meantime. But obviously not everybody has that same ability or that same possibility of doing that. But that's one way where you can kind of offset a little bit of the cost. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in reality, even at year six or seven, you'll have some uh, pecans, but you can't even traditionally harvest them. So you pretty much have to go and hand harvest them because your trees are still pretty young. You know, the trunks are not very thick and, and sturdy as you would want them to be. They're still pretty malleable. So you also don't want to damage the trees. So it's kind of like a whole uh, play by ear kind of situation at that point. I gotcha. And so when it comes to harvesting kind of the older trees, do y'all use like those really big tractors that kind of like vibrate the trees where all the nuts fall off of them? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're the best things ever. Yeah. So <laughs> harvesting and, and we're actually uh, just this Monday, we started harvesting. So harvest okay. starts um, here in central Texas, we do what is called green harvest. What that means is we're harvesting our pecans a little bit earlier than um, nature allows so that we can hit like a better, you know, holiday type market. So we're harvesting them green. What that means is if you grab that pecan uh, from the ground, some of them have like the, the shuck still attached to the pecan. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever seen like a pecan in a tree, but they have like a shuck on the outside, tends to be green, and then the shell, and then the pecan is inside the shell. So those shocks will still be green. The pecan inside of that shock will still be very, very wet. Like it'll have a lot of moisture to it. So what we do is we harvest green and then we take it in, in our central, um, central Texas farms, we have dryers, big, big dryers. So we put this green product into the dryers after we've taken that shock off. So we just put the, all the pecans uh, into the dryers. They spend, you know, uh, a few days there to hours there, depending, they, they blow uh, warm air through those pecans. And what that does is it evapor evaporates that water that's in, in, in that pecan and it helps concentrate those oils. So then the pecan like actually tastes like a pecan. If you eat those pecans like off of the ground uh, as you're, you know, running the harvester or whatever, like they're not going to taste of anything or they may even not taste right because they're still very wet. Huh. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense. My great grandma had a pecan tree at her house and we would always like take them out, crack the shells, but they always tasted weird. And so <laughs> I never really understood like why those fresh ones tasted weird versus, um, you know, your normal pecans. So that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so for our central Texas pecans to taste like pecans, that's what we do. We dry them out in West Texas where the vast majority of our farms are, um, those pecans dry on the tree. So they dry out naturally and we can afford to, to do that um, just because of logistics and, and, and how things work out there. So actually we don't have any dryers in those farms because as that pecan falls from the tree naturally, um, you know, they're, they're already dry enough to where, you know, those oil contents are there and they naturally taste like pecans, which is, it, it's, it's just, again, very different types of situations because of weather and climate and environments and, and the mountains and the soils and all things considered. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And so let's kind of change subjects a little bit. Mackenzie, you're, you're saying you work with the, you're the marketing intern, right? Yes. So there's a lot going on um, with pecan farming that a lot of people might not realize. So when you're trying to market 
pecan grove farms like what are you trying to capture like what real essence are you trying to capture there yeah that's a great question um it's uh it's like where do i begin um <laughs> you know i think sometimes when you know you have farms or multiple farms you can easily kind of miss the the importance of marketing and the importance of having a brand and brand strategy and you know how are we going to communicate who we are and what we do effectively and so um that's kind of where you know i've tried to come in a little bit and as i'm learning about um our orchards and pecan farming and who we are as a company um just saying that that story and that message in the best way that we can um while also you know relating to our customers and their needs and so um just some there's you know various projects we've been working on as we continue to grow and expand um because we are growing a lot and so we want to um capture that in a way that you know our customers and those visiting um our website or you know hear about us um learn how what we're doing and who we are and how we're growing and our commitment to um our orchards and our people and sustainability and the environment and the communities that we operate in and so those are kind of the areas that you know sometimes um you know you get wrapped up in in the farming and the harvesting and and for good reason and then it's easy kind of to slack on some of those areas of of our messaging and um kind of keeping updated with or remaining updated with you know who we are and, and so um there's various projects we've been working on um kind of as we grow uh but you know the biggest things are um i identifying you know our brand identity and who we are and um coming up with ways that um we set up our our customer service for our expected growth and so the conversations that we have with people are we prepared to talk about you know this is who we are this is what we do this is what we're passionate about this is what makes pgf unique and different um as a farm and so um and a company so we've um kind of been in the process of you know updating our logos and um fine tuning our mission and our vision and um creating consistency in terms of our typography and our imagery and our website and our you know email signatures down to little things like that and um even our our brand promise and those sort of elements um because you know even though we're we're farmers it's still important and you know we may not be selling directly to consumers yet but we still want to have that consistent imagery and and even down to packaging with our boxes when they're on the pallets we want people um to see our pallets and go oh i i know that's pgf i know they have high quality pecans and we've come up with ways um with our we call it trace the case we have a qr code that's on our boxes and um anyone can scan that qr code and it takes them directly to kind of the process of of pecan farming and and a little bit about the the farmer who farm those pecans and um their story and how it's done and and kind of tells them about the quality of our pecans and and the practices that we use and technology that we use. And so it's little things like that that we try to um you know that set us apart and that we want um people and customers 
and um, other growers to know like, hey, this is this is how we're different. This is what we're doing to try to be the the leading pecan producers in the industry. And um, as we continue to grow, we want to continue to, um, you know, capture those areas in the best way that we can. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot going on. I mean, like like you're saying, like, especially now with websites and social media, you want to make sure that your branding is just all on point and very, very consistent. And I mean, you guys not only have one farm, you've got multiple farms that are kind of under the umbrella for Pecan Grove. And so I'm sure it's difficult to make sure all the branding is perfect for all the farms, but also kind of like how you highlighted earlier, like you want to share a consistent story with Pecan Grove, but you also want to highlight I don't know, the uniqueness of all the different farms and the different people that work there, which I'm sure is a challenge, but a good challenge to have. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I and mean, we we pride ourselves on being a diverse company, um, but we're very family oriented. And though we're all kind of spread out between the farms and orchards um, in, in, you know, New Mexico and Texas and Dallas, and um, we have, you know, people in Chicago and it just, we're kind of all spread out, but we are still very much connected and family oriented and driven and um, have the same values and passions. And so, um, you know, we want to externally show, you know, how we're connected in that sense, but also internally um, it's, it's still the same. We want to have practices and um, things in place that keep us connected and keep work fun um, because we're not, you know, all in an office together every day. We're, we're spread out doing different things, but um, so, yeah, we've just come up with different ways to, um, you know, stick to our family values. Yeah, that's perfect. And I, I think a lot of people appreciate that, especially now as, you know, more and more people are trying to find local food, local companies that they support. I, I feel like when you highlight that kind of family value, I feel like people kind of tend to gravitate towards that. Absolutely. Yes. And that's just, you know, another core element to, to branding is we want to highlight all the ways we are family oriented so that our customers and um, the people that we sell to see that in us and go, oh, hey, like, I feel this too. I, I'm right there with you. And, and you're not just, you know, trying to sell your pecans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And kind of moving along, I guess that, well, that was kind of a perfect segue. Like when it comes to selling the pecans, um, I guess this is a question for either of you. Like, what exactly are you selling the pecans for? Are they going into products? Are they going out as just like whole pecans? Like, what are they going to be used for? Initially, and and this was just a couple of years ago, we were selling our product, what we call in-shelf, right? So we weren't cracking it. We weren't getting out the kernels. We were just selling it. As it came out of the trees, we would sell it. And we would sell truckloads to just people who either accumulated or people who are going to use it and sell it as their own, you know, there, there was a, a little bit of that going on. As of a couple of years ago, what we do is we harvest all of our product and then we shell it. So that means we get all our kernels, all our halves or little pieces. And then uh, we've, we've, um, we've been selling to a bunch of different buyers and every buyer has like different purposes for their pecans. So we have really big buyers who are using the pecans you know, to put them into their products. So, you know, ice creams, cakes, uh, trail mixes, things of the sort. We have people who are using our pecans to, you know, just, just export it. 
there's other people who are the same thing doing doing the same thing of like accumulating it and and then just reselling um there's a lot of people who do what other what other things do we do Mackenzie with our product yeah I mean that's definitely the biggest is business to business we sell to several different buyers who yeah use it for various different products and it's kind of a we definitely sell to domestic buyers and then we're also selling and expanding in international markets and so a big part of our sales division is going to these emerging countries that you know a few years ago didn't even know about pecans didn't even mm-hmm. have a use for pecans um like for instance china japan um middle eastern countries um didn't know about pecans and so it was up to pecan farmers to travel to these countries and introduce it and create a demand in these countries um, that also, you know, related to their culture and, and what they liked. And so once people kind of started seeing, you know, hey, I can use it for this or, oh, I like it for this, then um, we've created a new demand, a new market and um, frequently make trips over to those countries now to continue to expand um the international division when it comes to selling our pecans. So it's, it's a lot of both. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of our pecans will, will sell to companies that deliver boxes and pallets to, you know, the mom and pop and it sounds bad, but the smaller bakeries and things. And then, mm. you know, it's to the bigger um, grocers who are using it in their products as well. So it kind of varies greatly. That's interesting. Yeah, I was very curious about how that would work. Like if you would only sell to companies that want to put the pecans in their products versus just selling, you know, just selling your pecans like to go to the store. So that's cool that you can do, I guess, kind of really like the best of all the worlds Like you can sell your products, you can sell it to people that are going to export it. You can also sell it to companies that are going to use it in ice cream. So that's really neat that you're able to kind of just really do all of it. Yeah. You know, as we grow, we're, we're learning every day, you know, um, where the most demand and opportunity is um, in those areas. And, and it kind of changes and fluctuates year to year. Um, but overall, the industry is doing really well and there's still a very high demand for pecans. And the price, um, this is something I've learned in recent months, the pricing of um, the different varieties of pecan changes each year based on not just how um, you know, the supply of pecans is doing um, after harvest, but also the pricing of other nuts and other tree Mm. nuts. And so if walnuts and almonds are significantly cheaper next year, um, there may not be as great of a demand for pecans. And how is that going to affect our sales and um, affect who we sell to or what kind of contracts we're going to get? And so there's several different elements, not to just how much we can harvest, but also what else is being harvested. And at what price, um, because that all affects, um, how much we sell and for how much as well. Yeah. I bet the markets are crazy. I mean, um, I know food prices are going up and even right now, I guess exporting and everything is just crazy because of multiple things going on. Um, so Mm. do, do either of you know of like any big misconceptions you see when it comes to pecan farming, tree farming in general, like, is there any kind of misconceptions either of you see a whole lot? I'll, I'll say one thing. I think, you know, because the crop is, is permanent and there's always this off season to rest, but it's, mm. it's not the case. The reality is that there really never is an off season. And like Ali said, it's very demanding and pecans do have to be farmed and cared for 365 days of the year. 
And um, so I, I think that's probably just the biggest one is, you know, people think like, oh, once my, my trees are mature, once I hit that seven year mark, I'm, I'm good to go. And, you know, I just have to really prepare for harvest, but no, it is, it is very demanding um, and requires a lot of care and attention um, throughout the entire year. I bet it is. And I mean, you were saying earlier, there are some trees that are over 80 years old. And so, I mean, if you really want to get into the business, you've got to get ready for like 60, 70 plus years for those yeah. trees to like producing very well. That's so cool. I didn't know that they would live to be that long and that there's just so much going on. And I mean, I feel like consumers like, I don't know, don't understand how complicated this business is. And so it's cool that, I mean, Texas clearly has some really cool pecan growers kind of leading the charge. So that's neat. You guys are doing all this and I'm excited to see where pecan grows farms goes. I mean, I found you guys on Instagram. So thank goodness for the algorithm. Learned a whole <laughs> lot about pecan grove farms and all that good stuff. Um, if people want to learn more about pecan grove, if they're in Texas and they maybe want to stop by, like where all can they go to learn all that information about you guys, about you guys? All right, they can absolutely reach out to us via our uh, website. So pecangrovefarms.com. We have a contact form and uh, those emails go directly to me. Um, we have farms out in El Paso Valley. We have farms in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We have farms in Brownwood, Texas and Cedar Creek, Texas, which is pretty much near Austin. Um, so, and Van Horn, Texas, which is uh, just east of El Paso. So we have a bunch of different locations. Um, it's just a matter of reaching out to us. And if you're interested in touring our farms, um, just let us know and we can figure out schedules. And if schedules work, uh, we would gladly have you at our farms. Sadly, we um, typically don't let people stay at our farms because we do work seven days a week. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pecan farming is, you know, a very row, row to row intensive type of work. So really, we don't want to like bother people if they're like camping in the middle of the orchard. Uh, so sadly, we don't do that, but we'll definitely, you know, do tours and, and we've had people have, you know, like their wedding session, photography sessions at the orchards. And we've had, you know, photographers come in and ask, like, hey, can I have a bunch of families come over here and like take their fall portraits? So, you know, just reach out to us and, and you know, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Well, perfect. That's so exciting. I mean, that's awesome that, you know, you're having weddings there and people take pictures. I feel like that's kind of a booming industry, really, that people are wanting to go tour stuff, have weddings at farm. So that's really cool. Y'all are able to also capitalize on that. That's mm -hmm. cool. All right. Well, Alejandra and Mackenzie, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Farm Traveler Podcast. Again, check out the links in the description of this episode for all things for Pecan Grove Farms, as well as how you can follow us on social media and sign up for our new newsletter, 5-Minute Fridays, which comes out, you might have guessed it, every Friday. If you enjoy this episode, consider sharing with a friend or family member. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns on anything we talked about today, head over to our social media handles and comment on our post for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week.